to the Sports Cap Radio, everybody. Today, we are continuing on our divisional previews with the AFC South. Womp, womp, womp. Possibly the worst division in the NFL. But there's a lot of funny stuff and entertaining things that we're going to talk about with this division today. Actually, if you really want to talk about uh, AFC South in the history of the NFL, it's actually one of the worst divisions in NFL history. I mean, you got the Houston Texans, one of the newer franchises in the NFL. The Jags, who are, of course, the Jags. And I think there's only one Super Bowl among all four of these teams. Um, and we have representing that team, the, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Mr. Matt, he joins us from the two-point conversation. How are you doing, Matt? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing good, man. We're doing awesome. And, Thanks for uh, having me. Oh, dude, th- thank you for coming on, and thank you in advance for letting us just rip Matt Ryan mercilessly. Because that's <laughs> I'm the, here for it. I'm here for it. That's the name of today, is Rip Matt Ryan. And we also, it, it's a great AFC South group, to be honest. Uh, we also have a guy from Indianapolis right now who hates Indianapolis. I would say it's probably his 32nd favorite team in the NFL, of course, Mr. Brandon. Yeah, no, uh, I I enjoy listening to the sports talk every morning because they're so high on this team. They, I mean, they talk like it's going to be a Super Bowl team, um, and I just build up all of my hatred so I can just release it on the Sports Cap Radio. Um, so I can't wait to can't get wait to get into the receiving core and Frank Reich and of course oh. Matty Ice. There is there is plenty to talk about. Sure is, sure is. Haters gonna hate always, and you know, <laughs> you, you know, Dubich is gonna be sipping that haterade always. Yep, he he really I'm does. Lick, I'm licking my chops. I'm licking my chops because I'm going to serve Brandon up so bad on this pod. Well, I don't know. I, I, w- w- were you on the AFC South last year, Brandon? I'm not even sure. I'm pretty sure I we. Was. I'm pretty sure yeah, we were all pretty high on uh, the Colts, and they ended up shitting the bed, as the Colts tend to do. Uh, we got a yep. full house today. We also got Kurt and Newman in the house. Um, and it's going to be a great pod. Uh, the AFC South, really news-wise, I'm scanning it. Nothing <laughs> nothing really going on with this team. Um, nothing really going on with this division. I mean, where do you guys want to start? What team? Let, let, let's start with the Jags, the Urban Meyerless Jags. Okay. Yes. So in terms of meme content, the Jags were one of my favorite teams last year. Uh, we we had a couple of Urban Meyer supporters on this podcast, um, people that believed in Urban Meyer just because of his past, you know, performance and the fact that he won in college, despite the fact that he burned every single program he went to down to the ground right right after he left. But yeah, let's talk about the Jags. The Jags spent a lot of money and didn't really do a lot. Christian Kirk season, baby. Yes, <laughs> Christian. So Kirk. yeah, I mean, to start off, they went three and fourteen last year. Um, they obviously lose Urban Meyer, replace him with a real adult in uh, former <laughs> former former Super Bowl winning uh, head coach Doug Peterson. Uh, also garner Carlos Hyde, Miles Jack, DJ Shark, Andrew Norwell, AJ Can, Taven Bryan. Uh, they did bring in Darius Williams to play corner, um, Fatukasi from the Jets to play some D line for him, Evan Ingram, who Marcus really likes, uh, Zay Jones, Christian Turk, Christian Turk, ah, Kirk. Christian Kirk, obviously. The uh the the what is I don't know one of the highest paid receivers in the league, um Brandon Scherf and Arden Key, they also had a really defensive draft, um and if I mean Kurt and I were talking about it before the pod started, this team is really really young on defense, really young. 
Yeah, you won't it, recognize a name on that defense. That's how young they are. Yeah, I mean, Devin Lloyd, I mean, was talking about a guy that slid. I feel like Devin Lloyd is is pretty good value. Um, I mean, Trevon Walker, I think he has bust potential written all over him. I don't I don't understand the Walker over Aiden Hudson pick. Um, it'll definitely be one of the most talked about things throughout the season. Um, but I mean, I, I like Josh Allen. Um, I I like this young defense. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on the offense. Why, I mean, why, why is it that you don't like Trayvon Walker? Uh, by all accounts, I mean, he looks like an absolute freak in camp. Of course, everyone looks like a freak in camp. But um, I, I saw a video the other day of him just absolutely blasting Cam Robinson off the line. Um, he... The, the guys just said, well, why is it that you and Marcus are not big uh, Walker fans? He, he, he just wasn't he was just really, produ- really yeah. productive in college. Like, that's part of the issue. When you're that freakish and you're not productive in college, that's a red flag. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I mean, he was on a loaded defense and sort of barely stood out in games. He seems like a combine star. Right. He seems like a training camp study, you know, but as Mike Tomlin says, you know, football games aren't played in shorts. Um, and I think that's where Trevon Walker's best play comes from, uh, unfortunately, for Jaguar fans. You, you know whose stats didn't exactly pop off the charts in college? Mr. Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they're, 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 there's plenty of cases. There's, I mean, look at it. Look at his stats. He, he, Outside of the combine, he really wasn't like a, a leader in the in the nation in any stat. He was good. That's, he obviously that, that's excelled. Be, that's that's because they avoided him. Yeah, they definitely avoided him. And I mean, you could see for the linebacker as well. I mean, I mean, on a defense with Georgia, the national championship defense. I mean, that team was absolutely studded out. And sometimes it is hard to stand out when the team is loaded up like that, especially maybe if you're the top dog and they're double teaming you in that situation. So, I don't so Kurt, you're telling it. me you would have went Walker over Hutchison. Are you sitting here telling me you would have went Walker over Hutchison? I mean, either or, I think time will no, tell. No, not with either or. I, I think Aiden Hutchinson was one of the highest. I mean, this isn't a draft conversation, but I think it it's pretty relevant that I think the Jaguars messed up this pick. Hey, if you're going for if you're going for the reach and you see the talent there in the combine, it could translate and good for them if it does happen. If not, you can say I told you so. I'm just a lot of, I'm just and a you little. Know I, will. I mean, there, there were some people that didn't like Walker that much, but he topped a lot of lists, a lot of draft boards. So I I don't know. I I I think you know, saying that it was a huge mistake not taking Aiden Hutchinson, I I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I think you can what you won either way, really. I mean, Hutchinson was right. He was the number one guy, projected guy for. I mean, most of all towards the end of the collegiate season, and and probably until about a month before the actual draft happened. So, uh, we've seen you know good combines help out people, good pro days help out people. Zach Wilson's a starting quarterback in the NFL because of uh, because of a really good pro day and such. So, um, we, we see that stuff all the time. You know, all the time. So and you, and I think you, I think they're all right. And you know what? They they did Detroit a huge favor, obviously letting their hometown hero go to Detroit. I almost pictured Dan Campbell calling up Doug Peterson the day before the draft and being like, "Bro, it's Dan. It's you, buddy. Hey, <laughs> I will suck your dick. I will lick your fucking balls if you just let Hutchinson." <laughs> Dude, I could fucking see Dan Campbell just being like, "Bro, bro to bro." I really need this, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know you're coaching the Jags, but I'm coaching the fucking Lions, man. <laughs> it's, it's rough up here. Do, do you think Dan Campbell has fantasized about Trevor Lawrence at all? 
Oh, uh, he's such a pretty girl. Yeah, I no, no, he's too, no, that's too pretty. not Dan's type of girl. He, yeah, he, he likes he likes. Never, I'm not gonna go there, but he, he doesn't go for the luscious southern blonde. Let's let's just put it that way. That's not that's not Dan's <laughs> yeah. type. Um, but back to the Jags. I mean, um, again, do you guys not like this defense? I mean, Newman, you said it was young, but you didn't preface if you think it was good or not. Right. So, I mean, I think their defensive line is going to be okay. Uh, Fatukasi is really good at stopping the run. Um, Josh Allen, I really like off the edge. But yeah. outside of that, their linebacking core is all basically rookies. Um, and then I think they, they spent way too much money on some other guy. Basically, that's it. Their secondary is very questionable to me. And in general, this is just when you're really young on defense, I don't think that you're going to be great that year. Usually, uh, it might take a year or two to develop. This is a team that could that it could move in the right direction, especially if Doug Peterson actually can you know get this offense on track. But um, right now, for this year, I do not think that they will be a good defensive team. No, it's all yet to be seen for these guys and rookies translating on defense to the NFL style offenses. It's going to be tough for these guys, and they're going in with some veteran <laughs> quarterbacks as far as Tannehill and Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. Uh, Davis Mills definitely proven himself being on a sorry Houston Texans team, and he did pretty damn well. Face so well. Hey, dude, the guy proved himself on a shitty team, and he didn't do bad at all. And I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to see what the guy can do in this division. But those quarterbacks coming into Jacksonville, I think they're going to have some trouble there. And then also with the run game in Indianapolis and with Tennessee, when you're facing Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, it's going to be tough bidding for the defense. I think the offense is the most intriguing thing about the Jaguars at this point in time. When you have Doug Peterson coming in, you have Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, you have Travis Etienne coming off his injury, sophomore year, basically red shirt, you could call it. And then James Robinson in the backfield. I mean, the offense is stacked and ready for Trevor Lawrence to succeed. And I think Doug Peterson will do a good, good, good job with the talent that he has around him. It's a yeah. bottom five wide receiver crew. I mean, this entire division <laughs> might be like the bottom four out of the bottom five wide receiver rooms. Uh, this is definitely the worst wide receiver division. But they have a bunch of number threes. Marvin I think Jones, you're hating. Yeah, I think Jones, you're hating some three. more for sure. I'm not saying that they have number ones out there, but they definitely have a talent in the backfield with Etienne, who you could argue a wide receiver or maybe a Debo Samuel style role going into this season, which I think that's going to be more of a hybrid role that we see throughout the NFL because we know it's a copycat league. Seeing what Debo did, we're going to see a bunch of other people trying to add that wrinkle to the offense. And James Robinson proved himself as, as a three down back, no doubt. A guy who can catch the ball as well. So, and then Evan Ingram, bring him in at tight end. You can't tell me that Trevor Lawrence isn't going to make do with these guys that he has. Now, Kirk, you could say he's overpaid, but the guy did extremely well in his situation in Arizona. And he's going to be having Trevor Lawrence now, a 6'5", blondie from down on the beach, looking good, tossing him the ball, not a little midget in the backfield. No offense to any of the little people out there with Kyler Murray. But Trevor Lawrence, for sure, I think this is going to be good for him. There is some, definitely some intrigue there, and I think if anybody's going to get the best out of this offense as a coach, it would be Doug Peterson. Uh, and what a great signing, and I'm kind of glad that he held off a year before you know, really putting himself out there to be signed. I think Doug Peterson, if if anybody if anybody is going to help send the Jags in the, in the right direction as a head coach, I think it would be somebody like Doug Peterson. I thought he was wrongfully uh, released from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, even though I do got to say, last time I was on the show, I did call that. Nobody believed me. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
But you got to look at some. I mean, some of these games last year. I think there's only like five times they got their asses blown out, like really, really bad. Other games they they held in pretty close with a touchdown, maybe just a hair above a touchdown. I still remember watching the Jags play against Buffalo last year, and we all know how high octane that Buffalo Bills offense was. You know, receivers out. You know, just talented receivers. The running game. Josh Allen couldn't get anything going. Uh, Bills. Josh Allen. But the, the Jags found a way, and that was a that was like a really that was a signature win for a a young defense, and I think it's only going to progress in the right direction. I, at least under I Urban Meyer too. Under, under Urban Meyer. Under Urban Meyer. Exactly. Yeah, he I'm looked a, like I'm almost confused why Doug Peterson wasn't getting more hits um, on the co- was was he showing up to interviews maybe with a visor on? Cause I, I'm, I'm starting to backwards. think. I'm Head starting backwards. to well. I'm starting to think like Andy Reid for the first like ten years of his career. I thought the hat was just like attached to his head, and I don't think I've ever seen Doug Peterson without his visor. I actually Googled it one time, and he's just one of those dudes that's like, oh, put the visor back on. But I, I'm con- I'm convinced it's one of the Guy Fieri, and it's actually fake hair. I've never seen him without it on. I'm convinced that Doug Peterson's bald. I can totally certainly. see it. He, he with his visor on and with his kind of dirty shirts and things because he's kind of like a Matt Rule and that he doesn't dress up that much. He kind of looks like the city of Jacksonville. So I do think Dude, it's a perfect what- hiring, and I, I'm a little bit confused why n- not more people were kicking the tires on Peterson because the whole situation the Eagles, it really makes no sense. They literally got rid of Doug Peterson for Carson Wentz, and then they went with the guy that Doug Peterson wanted, which is <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Like, what a bizarre... That's just that's the Eagles being the Eagles. But, yeah, I yeah. mean, this team is going to suck this year. Um, I think I think we're mostly in agreement of that, but how much are they going to suck? That's the big question. Uh, Vegas has them at six and a half wins. Uh, let's So let's just take a poll. Who, who has them at the over? I do. I have them at seven. Um, yeah, I I have them. I have them winning four games in the division. Um, I have them sweeping the Texans, and then I have them beating the Colts once, um, and then the uh, then the Titans once. So I have them going forward two in the division. It obviously, means they only win three other games against everyone else. That's just how down I am against this division. They always seem to win one against the Colts. Um, I think even Matt can attest there. Uh, I don't oh, think the Colts yeah. have. Yep. I don't think the Colts have won. What's the stat, Matt? They haven't won since like 2016 or 20, 2015. 2014. They the Colts have not won in Jacksonville. Or it's, I get with Jacksonville's the home team. I think they played correct. in London once, um, but that counted as a Jags home game, and they murdered Andrew Luck that day. Um, yeah, it's it's an insane stat. They, but the, yeah, it's one of those Jacksonville. You, you can't count them out. They're gonna be feisty. Um, I take the under on that six and a half, but I feel like we're going to see a lot more close, like nail biting games. I really do. It's, it's, I think it's going to be a step forward, even though I hate how much money they spent and they don't feel better yet. Yeah. I think the uh, swing game really comes against the jets, right? Cause I think they beat the commanders. I think we were all on, all on here saying the commanders are, you know, a three, four win team. So I think they beat the commanders and then I think they beat the Lions because I think they're better than both teams. It's going to be that game, um, the Thursday night game against the Jets that I think gets them to, to whether they're a six or seven win team. Um, and that game's honestly a 50-50. The, the Jets are currently favored by one and a half, but that's because they're the home team. If you look at their schedule, the path mm-hmm. to seven isn't that hard. Yeah, but Vegas currently projects them to go three and fourteen on the spreads that they have. Uh, here's Newman with so that stat every every week. I mean, it doesn't mean what you think it means. 
<laughs> no, I'm I'm saying that they like if you look at every game, Vegas has them at three and fourteen. I'm not right. saying that that they're only going to win three games. I'm saying that they're not they're only favored in three games currently. That, that's very common um, though with teams that are floating in like the six win range for them to have that. I mean, it's yeah. it'd be uncommon for them to have like six or seven favored wins. So so, so Newman, the Commanders are a three and a half point favorite opening week. You think the Commanders beat the Jaguars? I mean, I do. <laughs> I know. Where's the game being played? Where's the game being played again? It's in Washington. So, so Brandon, yeah, that, you're, I mean, that's tough. That's Brandon, a toss-up. Brandon, you're taking the over. Who else is taking the over? I am. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm taking the severe under. I think this team is awful, and I actually think they need to be yeah. awful because this team is so far away from being even slightly competitive. They might have the worst secondary in the league. The defense is just—it's cream cheese. Start anybody against this defense in fantasy. Um, they are just going to pound them. Uh, I do, however, have a little bit of faith in this offense, and I do think Trevor Lawrence is still that guy. I, the, the, some people on this pod like yeah. to r- rule him out as if he's a bust. I don't think that's the case. I think he was in a insanely toxic situation last year, and z- zero people could have performed in that situation last year. You put Mac Jones in the Jags last year, and people are laughing at Mac Jones like currently. Like that, that nobody thrives in that situation. <laughs> So, he's curled up in the corner sucking his thumb if yeah. he's in Jacksonville. That's <laughs> I, what Mac Jones is. Wouldn't doing. you guys agree? I think his team no, needs yeah. to lose because it's hard no, to bring free yeah. agents to the Jags. So they need they need good draft picks again next year. They're uh, definitely like gonna said, do the under six and a half, no doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, but T Law, be ready for him to put up some points with Doug Pearson. Nobody's seen that offense yet with him behind it. It's gonna be a new wrinkle for the NFL. Look for garbage points, especially for T Law and other wide receivers there in that offense when they're getting their asses kicked. It's definitely gonna be under six and a half, but definitely look for them to have some surprise games, some something like that Buffalo Bills game last year. Maybe if they do an upset to Indianapolis, who knows? But definitely under six and a half. All right, let's talk yeah, fantasy think- for this team. Um what, what 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 do you guys think? Because they, they they get Travis Etienne back, um, you know I see James Robinson still atop of this depth chart. Travis Etienne is is the more talented guy. Robinson Robinson is going to be a great second running back for them to have. People forget that Travis Etienne had averaged like twenty two touchdowns a year at Clemson. He's a touchdown fucking machine. He could be an absolute asset. Um, what, what do you guys think in terms of Travis Etienne and where he's ranked currently in fantasy? So I think his ADP is is too high, um, especially kind of really knowing the knowing the yeah. I think, I think the ADP is too high, but I like him. I mean, I think he's going to be good, but um, I have him at forty seven here. What I'm seeing, what are you guys seeing? RB nineteen thirty nine overall. Yeah, thirty nine at top forty is way too high. Yeah, that's opinion. too high for me. Um, I don't. I, I like Etienne. I think he will be a yeah. good player. Um, but that is a little bit too rich for me. Um, and Robinson is RB forty five one twenty four. Robinson's also coming off injury. He uh, he did tear an Achilles late last season, so he might not be one hundred percent ready. I expect Etienne to start. Um, yeah. but, Achilles is like yeah. the new ACL man. That injury is so hard to come back from, unless you can makers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, not everyone can be a freak. I mean, Etienne definitely draws intrigue, but when you have James Robinson back there, you know in the pass protection they're going to have questions about Etienne until he can prove that out on the field in the NFL. It's a completely different story when you got edge rushers coming off the edge like T.J. Watt, different individuals, like I said, that 
Etienne might not be used to being in the backfield sticking in for that pass protection. So he's definitely going to have uh, a lot of chunks eaten in there unless they're lining him up a wide receiver like we talked about earlier in a Debo Samuel style role. I mean, I expect them to be pretty versatile with him. Uh, Doug Peterson likes to throw the running backs, which should favor Etienne. But just it's too rich, right? If he falls further, you know, maybe sixth round or something like that, I would be more interested. But there's no way I'm taking him in the top four round when he's so unproven. Um, what about Trevor Lawrence? I mean, quarterback 18, 145 overall. I think that this is all a guy that everyone's targeting as a potential upside for a number two quarterback, right? Absolutely. He's the second easy schedule. Like if you want to look at value on this team, it's definitely Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, for sure. He's probably the the most, the most intrigued fantasy wise. Um, as far as, yeah, definitely QB two people were overdrafting him last year in some of the drafts that, that I had. Um, that I was, you know, getting to, to participate in. People were taking him e- extremely high, but yeah, QB two, or depending on some people, like I've seen people wait till the tenth, eleventh round to draft their QB one. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, is a guy who uh, may be sitting there. All right, again, it all depends on who you draft with, but I don't think people are going to overvalue Trevor Lawrence this year. Uh, he d- easy sleeper, easy sleeper. And you got to love his ability to roll out of the pocket, use his legs as well. I mean, obviously, that's something huge now when you look at Lamar Jackson, Trey Lance, Josh Allen, all the top guys now, they can move their feet and they're scoring rushing touchdowns along with yep. four passing touchdowns. That's how you're getting a 55, sometimes 60-point fantasy quarterback for the week. Yeah. And that's something that Trevor Lawrence, it's not out of his reach. No, and honestly, that's one thing that really impressed me about Trevor Lawrence is I saw him in his first couple games and I just looked at him and I said, this, this speed stat up and it was one thing that I was um, uh, concerned about with him because I knew he was fast but sometimes you see guys that are fast in college and they look like they're moving in slow motion when they go to the NFL but uh, no his speed totally stacks up and I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be an absolute fucking machine in this in this league. Doug Pearson was a great hire to bring him along. Yeah, Sexy like son that. of a bitch. Sunshine um, just huge. He's just huge. He's got all the tools. If you if you can't make Trevor Lawrence work, you need to just quit as a franchise. <laughs> so Seriously. quickly here, um, any of these wide receivers of interest to anyone? Kirk, wide receiver 40, 97 overall. Evan Ingram, uh, not a wide receiver, but tight uh, pass catcher, uh, 22, oh. tight end yeah, 22. I, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just go ahead and say it. I mean, listen, you guys know how much I, I ripped on the, the pick, but Christian Kirk as the clear wide receiver number one coming in at 39 yeah. for wide receivers in PPR leagues. That's a steal. Listen, he he, yep. could, he could be a decent fringe wide receiver three. Like he could he could actually be a, an upside wide receiver three if you're getting him at 39. Like that's good value to me. I mean he's he's being drafted like you know below Hopkins who's missing six games and Ayuk. Like if I'm looking at Ayuk and Christian Kirk on the board, I, I'm probably going Ayuk. But that's at least a hard choice for me. I think I would take Kirk over Ayuk. I think I would too. He's going to get um, tons of targets. Yeah. So, yeah. And then Anybody, anyone else interested in, in any of these guys? On the radar. Nope. Christian Kirk. So, wide receiver, wide receiver 79, 212 overall. I just, I don't know where he fits into this offense. Who are you talking about? Uh, Leviska Chanel. Oh, yeah. I, I love, uh, I love, honestly, he, he could be a guy that rises, but in, 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 sh- in shallow leagues, there's no way you draft that guy. Like, he, he's no, probably no. going to be a, a waiver claim. Where did, where did, more. Where does the ten million dollar man Zay Jones come in? Hi, where did, where does does not. It's the most confusing <laughs> signing. He's he's ten million dollars a year. Oh my god, he's free. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yep. Free in your drafts. Marvin Jones is the better Jones brother. All yes. right, let, let's, let's move on, and let's not move on to such a sexy team like the Texans because we just talked about such a sexy team like the Jags. Uh, let's go right for it. Let's go to the Colts. Uh, projected yes. at 10 wins. Um, not crazy changes have been done to this team, but it's it's the Colts' way. Every single year, they're going to bring in the oldest motherfucker in the league and and make him that guy. Like, the, the anointment that this city does, and Brandon's right in the thick of it, the, the just knighting of these players as the next coming of Christ every time that they come out, like, it's got to it's gotta be tiring at this point. Cause you I know. I'm exhausted. I feel obligated to uh, buy jerseys for every quarterback that comes through. I, I have a shitty jersey collection. Drew's seen it. It's terrible. There's a lot of mediocrity. There's a Kirk the Cousins in there. There is a Kirk Cousins. He, nice. did, he was all right. It was a Washington year. It was all right. I got a lot of stories. But, um, but yeah, it's a little exhausting. But uh, I was glad that they moved on from Frank Reich's uh, Bible verse jerk-off buddy, Carson Wentz. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I in general, I think that this defense is going to be where this team's better, right? So they bring in um, Stephon Gilmore, Yannick Ngakwe, Roddy McLeod. Oh, Gilmore's terrible last year. Why is everyone saying this is a good signing? He wins the last time Gilmore's been good. I mean, he was good for like seven years yeah, before that. He was an all-pro just that? two years ago. <laughs> Nobody wanted um, him. The Panthers got him for a sixth-round pick because he's done. No, because, because, because done. his contract was that over. Was contract it was a throwaway. Thing, it was a throwaway. <laughs> they had to eat. They had to eat the rest of his contract. It's obvious why they got him for a six. Nobody wanted. And to I think he was hurt for the first couple of weeks after yeah. they acquired him too. Yes. Yeah, indeed, exactly. Um, and probably so, yeah. not trying to further that injury during that time, <laughs> trying to get signed by the team that he gives a fuck about to make his money. Yeah, who wants right. to go play hard for Matt Rule? Nobody. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, yeah, I think this defense will be better. Um, they address their two biggest deficiencies in terms of offensively in the draft with Bernard Raymond and Alec Pierce. I think this wide receiver core is pretty weak still. Um, it is. But Matt Ryan is an upgrade over Carson Wentz in terms of consistency. Unfortunately, and I think that is. Will help, and I think that will help this team a lot offensively um, because, let's be real, this is going to be the Jonathan Taylor show. Yeah, but dude, oh, yeah. And this offensive line is really good. How do you even go in the they locker room? the worst room? tackles in the league, Newman. Dude. Right. the worst tackles in the league. So here, here's, here's my problem with Matt Ryan. I have a lot of them. Um, Career-wise, I think he's always been insanely overrated. Um, he's always been in insane in, in systems that benefit him. Uh, Pass-first offenses. By the way, we, we went to college while Matt Ryan was going to college, and every time FSU played him, I was always like, this guy's just a guy. He came into the NFL. Single-handedly and, ended his Heisman run. And honestly, <laughs> like he, he, he had a couple great years, and, and, and straight up, he, he – did obviously his MVP campaign. It really was special, but the Atlanta yeah. Falcons as a whole were just incredible that year. My problem with Matt Ryan is I watched him last year and I know his wide receiving core was bad. Um, it's still really bad, by the way, with the Colts. Uh, the biggest thing he benefits from is getting, you know, a, a, a line that can actually protect for him. But man, if I'm Matt Ryan, like how do you go in the showers with big dick, big dick Nick Foles and Sam fucking Ellinger? Like, that's 22 inches of cock between those two dudes. Like, and Matt, Matt Ryan's got a shower with these dudes? No fucking way. Matt Ryan is, is – Sam Ellinger will be starting by week four. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. But, no, that's real bold. 
No, I, I, obviously I'm joking, but I, I just, I, I just, I just truly believe that Matt Ryan is just a guy. But here's my thing about it: I think that's all they need. I think all the Colts need is just a guy because this roster as a whole is fucking fantastic. If, if anyone else was starting at quarterback at Matt, but Matt Ryan, I would be all over this team. But unfortunately, it's Matt Ryan, so I'm kind of lukewarm. Nah, well, I get they, it. They they need stability. That was the biggest thing that they lost when, and I know. Now, I'm sure none of you guys are Philip Rivers fans, but Rivers brought stability, whether you wanted it or not. It, the, the team was uh, very well balanced, rushing and passing. Uh, Philip Rivers knew how to set blocks. He knew how to set the line and, and add protection. Carson Wentz just like, fuck it, YOLO all the time. He just got, And that's why he was two sprains by week two. Um, you know, he just... He just didn't think. He just ch- he just threw the ball. I will never. I got in arguments with fellow Colts fans about how bad Carson Wentz actually was. I'll never forget the uh, second Tennessee Titans game. They're playing in Indianapolis, going and they're in overtime. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's wide open in the middle field for a touchdown, and Michael Pittman's got triple coverage on him, and Carson Wentz forces it, and that's that that kills you. That that kills your that kills a drive. They, they, you know that was a, a Titans swept him for the first time in a very long time because of you know shit like that. Carson went to a zero yard left handed interception or pick six. You know it, 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 he's he was what, reckless. Wasn't the only one. Wasn't the only one this year. That's true. Uh, Stafford did do it too. I think. No 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 mistaken. no. Carson Wentz threw like seven passes left handed this year. Oh, oh yeah. Oh okay. I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't need any more of that. But but uh. You know, Matt Ryan's career has been up and down. He has been fortunate to be with the likes of Roddy White and, and uh, you know, Julio Jones and, and the year before last, Calvin Ridley, who was really starting to come into his own. Uh, he's got an upward battle. I'm not comfortable with a single wide receiver, including Michael Pittman just yet. I'm, I feel like Pittman last year was was a volume guy. He was the only guy over 400 yards receiving. Uh, which be a volume guy again, man. Uh, he probably will. He probably will. I'm excited for the growth of Alec Pierce. Paris Campbell's good for one game until he blows out his ankle every year. I just or knee, uh, or, or knee just whatever. whatever. Um, but uh, Naheem Hines is somebody who you know I, I'm hoping to take a big step up too. He did, Carson never looked his way. He's a he's a decent re- receiving back. So. Well, let me ask you a question to Matt because it's I, I know one guy in this podcast agrees with this, but uh, outside of Matt Ryan, I think the biggest challenge you guys have is. Your coach isn't any good, Matt. Uh, right. Uh, oh, I, I, I dislike Frank Reich, the head coach. Yes. I think he's a fantastic offensive coordinator, but as far as a head coach goes, I mean, my God, the AFC South, it, it's not like I shouldn't say that it's not a difficult division to win, but the Colts have been so close, and Frank Reich gets close in that. Like I could not watch Hard Knocks last year. I was so aggravated with his mountaintops and believe in yourself. Just nonsense, and I'm just like, dude, you got to get a harder edge. Like, you got to just, you got to be a little tough. Play for that guy. I mean, literally, he's like an accountant that puts you to sleep. (laughs) I mean, mean, it's very Tony Dungy esque. It's very Tony Dungy esque. Uh, I felt like there was a little bit more fire in Dungy. I feel like he could have got it. And plus, I mean, the quarterback position was a lot more stable back then. Peyton was, uh, you know, Peyton was kind of leading the team. Almost coach like like Tony Dungy, so that helped. Uh, Reich just I don't know. I, it, yeah, great, you you Reich have winning seasons. Doug but Peterson, honestly. I don't think like, like Reich was in the right place at the right time. Pun intended. Um, oh, he was and, a backup choice, right? It was supposed to be uh, Josh McDaniels, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, right, Reich. No coach loses games more than than Reich. Like 
Ron uh, Rivera, Ron Rivera gets called the riverboat gambler, but like at least Ron Rivera wins. Like Frank Wright gambles and loses every time. He's that guy who uh, you know tells you a bet to make and you immediately make the other bet. Um, that's that's Frank Wright. But, but then he um, also doesn't gamble when he should. Like his his <laughs> his coaching choices are so fucking confusing to me. Um, and he's he's one of those guys that when it gets towards the end of the game, his coaching just continues to defray and get worse. And like he's just. Yeah, he, uh, he kind of reminds me of Zimmer in that way, and just like it's it's like his he always comes out with a good game plan to start the games, and then it just kind of he gets yeah, picked, he gets himself. outcoached. You know, he gets outcoached by the other guy. I really do think that he doesn't make good adjustments. No, it's it's been a, the best game that I watched Frank Reich ever coach was Indy and the Packers in 2020. Um, Came out first half, Rodgers and, and the Packers just picked him apart. In the second half, they they controlled the clock. They kept Rodgers on the sidelines, and they eventually won the game in overtime. But, my God, it was so painful watching, like, getting a lead and just not being comfortable at all. Going up 28-7 to seven on the Ravens. On Monday Night Football, everyone's like, wow, look at your team's doing so good. I'm like, hold on, guys. I'm not falling for this shit yet. And then Lamar Jackson looked like, Looked like Joe Montana out there and just torched the, the, the Colts secondary. It was it was insane. Um, yeah, I, you can't win that way. You can't win big games that way. There's somebody else that knows about busting up games and, and <laughs> busting it at the end. That's Matt Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, b- botching it at the end. Nah, I'm going to go. No, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Look, he doesn't but, play defense. He doesn't call the plays. I, but that's I, where I'll give him that. I'll go to I'll go to bat for him though. From what we said at the beginning, of, yeah. of starting with the Colts, is that he is a guy that can fit into this role. It's a guy that Frank Reich doesn't have to worry about the press pushing on him week in and week out. What's the next turnover that's going to happen with Carson? What's this going to happen with Carson? At least Matt Ryan can fill that void, and he's not going to turn the ball over. We all know what the team's going to be about. It's going to be about the defense and ground and pound with Jonathan Taylor, which I think will only help Matt Ryan, if anything, with the play-action pass. Pittman being the only option basically last year, Alec Pierce opens that up. Not only is Alec Pierce can burn, he's six foot three. I mean, he's not a small target. So it's an interesting offense with him and Pittman because Pittman, again, also I think six four, six five, something ridiculous yeah, at that a big point. Body, yeah. So it'll be fun to see that play action pass develop with Matt Ryan. But again, it's all about the defense. It's all about Jonathan Taylor with this team. And I think it takes them deep and with the division. And they'll definitely be contending for the division title against the Titans. Brandon, what about the defense? Quiddy Pay, who who has really done what? Yannick Ngakwe, who literally stick on a team. Yannick Ngakwe was with was with the DC for for no uh, shut up let him rant I want to hear the rant let's go Isaiah Rogers their starting corner is an undrafted free agent Nick Ross is a rookie out of Maryland um Julian Blackman's okay Stefan Gilmer's washed up um and Darius Leonard is on pup and they don't even know when he's gonna play he's been injury I mean you want to talk about injuries you got to talk about Darius Leonard up there. Hey, Isaiah uh, Rogers was, not, Isaiah Rogers was actually a six-round pick, by the way. Hey, come on now. Six-round hey, pick. It's, it's Shaquille now, thank you very much. Shaquille <laughs> Leonard. So, yeah. I mean, this defense is is what? I mean, DeForest Buckner, yes. Kenny, Kenny Moore, yes. I don't know how there isn't questions around every single other guy. This, this, team, this might be a top-ten defense, but I see it as more middle-of-the-road. 
You want to know what they were last year? Sure. Last year, defense, eighth overall per DVOA. So, and they only and got I think better. better this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, listen, we like to rip Matt Ryan, but what in the end, what other choices did they have? It was the right choice. Yeah. I mean, it really was the right choice. They didn't really pay that much for him. I just, I think the guy's just, eh, but hey, he, they don't need anyone. They were one game away from making the playoffs last year with Carson Wentz. Um, right. So now we get to the big question, which is, they're predicted at 10 wins. They are the favorites to win this division, by the way, which they they were not last last season. Um, but they are now. So Vegas sees something in this team. But 10 wins is kind of, you know, a little bit lukewarm on them. What do you guys think? Who's taking the over? So per Sharp, per Sharp, they have the third easiest schedule in the league. Um, their extra game is the Vikings, which is a difficult game. But I have them at 11. So I'm taking the over on 10. I'm taking the over as well. You look at the schedule here. I mean, these guys got a cupcake road. Uh, Jonathan Taylor definitely going to be racking up the yards. This dude is going to go off this year, more than, more so than even last year. It's going to be scary. Yeah, I, I'm over at 11 as well. The, aside from the, uh, the AFC West, uh, the schedule is, is, is really in their favor, and it's, it's theirs to kind of blow. I'm taking the at. The rare at. Yeah, so I, the push. I, 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 yep. I, can, I cannot go the over because I'm actually in agreement that this team is is is, is flawed. Um, but with this division, but, I think they they easily put up 10 wins, and but I'm just not confident going any higher than that. So I'm taking at 10 to put push push 10 yeah, but, wins. Yeah, but there's no fun in pushing, and you have push insurance if, uh, if it goes one way or the other. So which way would you lean more likely if you were going to place a bet? Grow a sack. I mean, I, 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 I'd, I'd have to probably take the over just because I, I think they're inevitably okay. going to win the win the division. But I mean, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm still taking the push. I'm not. I understand. I'm not, I'm not betting on ten wins. No way. Arch, Arch, Meagle, let's hear your under. <laughs> yeah, I have them. I have them at eight and nine. I don't even think they have a winning record. Um, I think they get absolutely swept by the AFC West. I think the Jaguars steal a game. I think they lose against the Vikings on the road. Um, I think they lose uh, against the Chiefs at home. I mean, you just—it's not that hard to to get them. They lose against the Buck or the Bucks is a preseason game, but um, again, you, 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 they're going to lose against the Steelers because they always do. They all like when's the last time the Colts have beat the Steelers on the road or at home? It just doesn't happen. Um, you Who's just quarterback for the Steelers. Who's quarterback for the Steelers in that game? Uh, Kenny, 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 Little Hands. <laughs> uh, I'd take Kenny over Matt Ryan all day, um, but yeah, no. You can easily you can easily build up to you can easily build up to nine losses. It'll be another disappointing season, and I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Frank Reich is fired, which would be yeah. a good thing for the Colts. Yeah, by the way, wait for you to eat shit on this. Any, anybody but Frank Reich is coaching this team, and I'm all over him. By the way, I, it's it's kind of the same. I'm the same way about the Saints. Uh, great roster. Does coaching this team? They win eleven games. Yeah, they so, win eleven games. So let, let's go to fantasy here. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor won one. Anyone disagree there? No. Um, okay. N- no, I do not. I do not. However, my upside pick is still Dalvin Cook. But I, I, I'm taking um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Jonathan Taylor just because of the, the injury history. You have to. So I think the most interesting player then here to talk about for the Colts is uh, Michael Pittman. Wide receiver 12, currently going 28 overall. So you're getting him top of the third. Um, or back end of the third, depending on the size of your league. Um, 
is that where where do you guys see it? That is that a, is that too much of an investment to put in this guy? We think he's going to get some volume. So Michael Pittman, yeah, yeah, he scares me where he's going. Quite quite frankly, I mean, he's he I, I he's going to get the volume absolutely, but I can almost see just somebody else emerging. So I just don't think the guy is that insanely talented. Yeah, sure. he's probably going to be overdrafted. Probably overdrafted a little higher. Um, yeah, fourth, fifth round, I'd feel comfortable with with him. What was his? Think, uh, what was he at, Jim? He's at twelve so that, for PPR yeah, currently. Wide receiver twelve, twenty eight overall. So you're looking um, back end, early third to back end of the third, depending on your league size. Yeah, but I, I do gotta say, looking at the guys that are surrounding him, like T Higgins is just ahead of him. There's no way I'm taking uh, 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 Pittman over Higgins. Higgins over Pittman. But that pretty much might be the end of my list because AJ Brown. You guys know how much I hate AJ Brown. I'm not taking AJ Brown over Michael Pittman, unfortunately. So I, I think that's actually right where the wide receivers just fall off in this draft. And if Michael Pittman falls to me beyond his ADP, then I'm glad to get him. I'm certainly not reaching for him, and I'm not taking him at his ADP currently. Certainly not reaching for him, and I think the more intrigue is Alec Pierce. What Do you have a rating on Alec Pierce where he's going in the draft? Yeah, he's wide receiver 88, 240 overall. So you're basically getting him either for free or as your last pick. I, I so love it. I, I'll, take, I'll take the flyer on Alec Pierce all day. Look at the tight ends that are on this roster. Mo Alley-Cox, Kylan Granson. I, I mean, I know Matt Ryan likes the tight end, but I don't see that happening. Maybe Mo Alley-Cox goes off in the in the red zone. Mm-hmm. But Alec Pierce is more of a intrigue to me at the wide receiver position for the value than Michael Pittman. If, like Drew said, I'll echo that. If Michael Pittman falls outside of that ranking, then sure. But Alec Pierce at that, I would be more intrigued there. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind where they're ranking Pittman in-, in, in 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 the in the ranks of wide receivers. It's his ADP that I hate. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, mm-hmm. but I think he's yeah. perfectly rated on his, in terms of wide receivers. Anyone interested in Naheem Hines, uh, RB40, 108 overall? Man, 108, I think that's a little high, but we know Matt Ryan throws. I mean, look what he did with Cordell Patterson, right? Yep. Uh, Frank Reich has come out and said they want to use Naheem Hines, um, and Carson Wentz didn't do anything with him. But listen to, he had 400 yards in 2020 and three touchdowns. Uh, and then, but the big thing was receiving. He had 76 targets for 63 catches for almost 500 yards and four touchdowns. This guy yeah. could be a, like, he's not a, a Jonathan Taylor handcuff, but by himself, I think I like him as a, you know, you could you you could have worse RB3s or, or you know, bottom of the barrel, even flex, flex option. Or, yeah. Flex. He's like I Darren love, Sproles, man. He's like Darren Sproles. I opinion. love Naheem as a guy like yeah, he, I, he i like him a lot and he's fun he's fun to watch he's a good person from what i hear so yeah and shot my, out of a cannon dude that when that guy gets the ball he it's incredible my only issue with with the uh, himes they seem to be stacking guys behind him that are a lot like him um and he is he's kind of like a complimentary like receiving back and they they pick up philip Lindsay. uh do you guys still have tyson williams like i i i remember them taking Ty, I, I don't think tyson williams I, is any good good but he did show a few flashes last year with Baltimore, and he's kind of like that similar, similar back as Naheem Hines. And that, that's the only thing is once Jonathan Taylor falls off, who becomes the true RB one? Like, like I'm saying, in in the situation that Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, who becomes the RB one? I don't think it's Hines because he's not a great between the tackle guy. 
It's I, Philip almost, Lindsay is RB three, no. if I'm not mistaken. Philip yeah. Lindsay, and then I th- and then I think if Tyson Williams is still there, um, that that he is uh, that that that's kind of where that falls. They may have but, cut him. I feel like yeah. They, but yeah. The, the, the other thing is, you could always bring in a guy off the street. There's going to be some veteran out there somewhere, or something probably. Um, if you really need to fill it in, which isn't great for that team. Um, if Jonathan Taylor su- misses significant time, oh, that'll that'll definitely hurt this team's chances of making the playoffs or winning the division. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think Hines is pretty pretty good right there. I, I would like him a little bit later if you can get him, but I like your idea there as a RB three or a flex. Um, but yeah. All right, so what, what, let's move it along. Um, we are going to go to the best team in the division, uh, the Houston Texans, um, who have who a guy on their um, team right now who is a just absolute generational talent. Um, if I had to bet the over or under in terms of total touchdowns this year, I I think you'd have to put it at like forty five, maybe but up in the fifties. Um, he's probably got the best arm in the league. Best accuracy, best neck by far. Um, he stands at six foot five to his shoulders, uh, seven foot six to his head. Um, he is the greatest quarterback in the NFL currently. That is, of course, my boy, Mr. Davis. Davis. Uh, yeah, Davis Mills, Davis Mills, Davis, 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 Davis. The the <laughs> very sucks. the very uncommon first name Davis. <laughs> Who the fuck's name is Davis? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's like a Civil War general's name or something like that. <laughs> He's two last name, man. That's what he is right now. Davis Mills, double right, last so, name, man. So I, I jest mostly. It's kind of my thing. I, I always pick out a player in the league, or it's it's usually a quarterback, and I just kind of hype him up. And, and Davis Mills is my guy because I, I, I mostly jest, but I do actually think this guy – could seriously be good if he gets the right guys around him. Unfortunately, they got the exact wrong guy around him. <laughs> they hired the wrong yeah. coach. I don't really understand what the Houston Texans are doing as an organization. What the fuck were you thinking? You you may have ac- actually gotten a steal last year in the draft in Davis Mills, and you go out and hire a guy who has fumbled many, many, many quarterback developments in his career. Um, it's a bizarre move, but I, I, yeah. I do think the dude, he might end up being maybe the second best quarterback in the draft last year when it's all said and done. So, yeah, so they go from uh, David Cully to Lovey Smith, even though D- David Cully probably outperformed expectations for him. Uh, somehow that still Certainly. gets him fired. And Certainly that did. just goes to show that I don't know what the hell Houston's doing in terms of organizationally. You are absolutely right on that. Um, also gone, obviously, Deshaun Watson, uh, Tyrod Taylor, David Johnson. Outside of that, they don't lose anyone of significance. They did check bring in some backfield. Check out the check out their running backs. Just if you yeah, want to woof. They, they, they did bring in some interesting players. Um, AJ Camp on the offensive line. Uh, they did bring in Jerry Hughes. Uh, Steven Nelson is at least a guy. MJ Stewart has been productive in the NFL. That's most of the guys they brought in are kind of just Jags. So Marlon Mack, Royce Freeman. Um, and then they did draft Eric Stingley and Jalen Petrie, who could be good players Stingley's for them. Stingley's going to be a fucking um, beast. Like that, that guy, that guy's ridiculous. If he stays healthy, yeah. he could be one of the best cornerbacks in the league someday. That dude's a freak. Absolutely. But essentially, I think that this team is slightly more competent, but their only chance of actually being any good is David Mills taking a massive leap forward, which is hard to do when you don't have the right court person to develop you as a quarterback. Yeah. Well, I, I think, that, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. 
No, go uh, ahead. No, please. Uh, they're they're kind of in a hole still too. They're trying to get their salary cap situation all figured out, and that's why they've been, you know, last off season twenty twenty going into the twenty twenty one season, they were signing dudes one two year contracts, real cheap, a mill here. Uh, nine hundred fifty thousand here. Uh, they're just trying to offset it. Like that's that that's that was the thing. It's just mixed nuts. Just literally players that nobody wants uh, come to the Houston Texans. We'll pay you first season, and if you do good, we'll you know you'll outlive your thing. But yeah, this this team is just it's really thrown together. It kind of reminds me of the Jets team right before they drafted Darnold, that 2017 team where Josh McCowan led them, and they had Austin Safarian Jenkins at tight end. It's just like it literally it feels like a, a thrown together roster. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And they're not doing Davis Mills any favors with the running back situation unless Marlon Mack of old is going to come out out from the ashes and rise like the Phoenix. I don't see much happening there. And I mean, these guys, they're going to pin their ears back on Davis Mills. The backup there, Rex Burkhead, Damian Pierce, Royce Freeman. Uh, like you said, the ragtag bunch, basically the bad news bears. At wide receiver, poor Brandon Cook sitting there, uh, one of the most consistent guys of our generation that I've seen. He used to kill the Bucks twice a year, every year with the Saints, uh, stuck at the wide receiver. And you got Nico Collins out there as well, which uh, rookie last year, the guy's a big target, but Mills is going to be in for a rough season. The only thing that's doing him the favor is the offensive line does actually look pretty damn good uh it'll just be interesting to see what lovey smith puts together on the defense and i just gotta admit lovey looking sexy with the beard i don't know if y'all hadn't seen lovey yet but that salt and pepper is just coming in nice and neat dude beard club is definitely getting them a sponsorship <laughs> has anyone um gotten more chances and done so little with them than lovey smith oh you never have a single winning season at illinois like it's it's one of the most confusing <laughs> hires the only conceivable reason they did this is to watch him fail, which I don't understand. They, for the next three seasons, this team will pick in the first round twice. Um, probably really good picks with themselves, probably mediocre middle-to-pack um, picks with the, with the Browns. Like, in terms of franchises that I would want to pick to run right now or become a GM of, there is no better franchise, arguably, than Houston. Like, they already have components on their offensive line. They may have a really good guy at quarterback. Like, if you look at their offensive line, sure, the, the right side is weak. The left side is actually stacked. Um, I mean, they have obviously Tunzel. Uh, they invest in, the, in their left guard in the draft in the first round. Um, and Tunzel is, is still a beast. Um, and you look, dude, and, and I, I just got to give it up. The most underrated wide receiver maybe in the last 20 years, Brandon Cooks, is just going to yeah. continue to do his thing again this year. This team actually has a lot going for them. This, this is a team that a good coach, I think, could actually coach up and maybe be like a 7-8 win team. Unfortunately, they have fucking Lovey Smith, and he's absolutely dog shit. Hey, bro, he uh, got also, Rex Grossman to the freaking Super Bowl. I've been waiting to me? say that. I've been waiting for that opportunity to say that. <laughs> that okay. That, that, was with a, that was with a much better much better defense in a different era when that defense actually played. Uh, well, well, my dog, Brian Erlacher, Lance Briggs, <laughs> yeah. come on. We, we know the defense. The, the, Every the fantasy of, owner that played with defenses knows that defense. <laughs> the style of defense that he wants to play versus what is actually going to work in the NFL nowadays do not match up. Um, but ultimately the, the the biggest thing for this team that I think is going to sink them is the fact that they have a uh, per horn sharp, the fifth hardest schedule in the league. So this schedule is not easy. Um, and it has a lot of just guys, which is good. It's good to have competency. Um, but I mean, just, there's not a lot of guys that are going to go out there and really win you stuff. 
um, especially on defense. The defense so is horrendous. That, it's horrendous. I think that really I think that offensively, um, you know, this team could be good for fantasy because there could be a lot of garbage time points, especially for your boy Davis Mills. But um, but ultimately, it's just it, I don't know. I, I don't I don't see them winning a lot of games. No, it's a rough road, man. If you pull up the schedule, it, it's super rough. They open up Indy and Denver. I think that's two losses right there. Depending on how Justin Fields is feeling in Chicago, I mean, it's it's a toss up in that situation too. And then you got Los Angeles. I mean, you can start the season zero and four right I, there off the bat. I, and then I, I I can't believe I didn't even know this. Pep Hamilton is their offensive coordinator. Like, what are you fucking doing? How bad are you as, as an organization? Like, you just the the only the only reasonable explanation is that they want to see Davis Mills just burn so that they can oh, draft Pepe another quarterback you. next year, dude. Do you Pep, remember how bad Pep Hamilton was in Indy, dude? Pe- Pep Hamilton is an atrocious, I, yeah. an atrocious coach. What are they fucking doing with this team? I don't. <laughs> Houston is a bottom five organization. They're terrible. Is, is it not classic NFL though? Just to recycle. Sh- shit after shit coach over and over and over again you see a yeah. guy fail one place he gets to go get another gig in the next place with zero success i truly don't understand it like how there's not fresher blood in the nfl and, and you see this time and time again and pep is is one of the examples there with that it's it's insane pep is a joke so He's not vegas, a good coach. vegas has him at four and a half wins is anyone willing to take the over <laughs> Four and a half. I'll I'll, I'll take the over at five uh, simply because I do believe in my boy Davis Mills, who probably will win a Super Bowl without even making the playoffs this year. Yep, that's definitely going to happen. They they beat, like like, uh, Dirty Curdy said, they beat the Bears. They probably win against the Jaguars at home, even though I, I have the Jaguars sweeping them. Um, and then they may, if the Browns are starting Jacoby Brissett, maybe they beat him at home. But I have him going two and fifteen, um, a game yeah. worse than the Commanders that I had at three and fourteen. Um, I think this is the worst team in the NFL. I have him at three wins as well. Um, so I'll I'll take the under. I'll take the under as well. It's definitely going to be a rebuild year. Who knows what the hell Lovey Smith is going to bring? Again, he might be looking sexy with the beard, but it's going to be a, a whole new ball game going from Illinois and coming back to the NFL. Uh, definitely interesting to see, but bottom of the barrel. Yeah. So I got one question for Drew. Okay, so um, if, if if it is if they are the worst team, like I'm predicting, do they draft a one of the stud quarterbacks? Like is Davis Mills only a one year starter? I mean, CJ Stroud. Right. If if they would have done more things to make right. Davis Mills succeed, then I think no. But I mean, yet it, they're going to have one of the best draft picks in the league. I mean, I, I'm predicting about five wins. So even I think that they're going to have like a top six pick. Um, but the the problem is, I think Davis Mills is really good, and I think he's going to succeed despite them. I think they're going to have a really tough decision, and maybe they just trade yeah. Davis Mills. Um, but oh, I, I, it's it's hard to imagine that even if Davis Mills does good with the quarterbacks that are on the on the board next year, that they don't go quarterback in the draft. Yeah, it's, you need a quarterback who's the face of the franchise, and Davis Mills is not a face of a franchise. Let's just be honest. You He's need somebody that you're going to sell. You need a Russell Wilson. You need yeah, hell yeah, dude. It's it's a lot more than just the game too. The marketing has to be there. You saw that with Baker Mayfield and all of his commercials and how he blew up. Not even being good at football, but it brings a whole other dynamic to the to the sport and. Davis Mills is not that guy. If C.J. Stroud is sitting there, the Houston Texans are taking him. They're taking the top quarterback pick. Davis Mills, sure, if you can be some trade candy, that would be nice for a franchise who needs a guy to come fill a role for a time being. But 
it's going to be like a Gardner Minshew type situation. Hey, this guy's got talent. He could be good, but uh, fuck you, buddy. You're not our face of our franchise. See ya. Man, I cannot wait to watch Davis Mills throwing tutters to uh, Justin Jefferson next year. <laughs> you can see we, we were we were a pick. The Vikings were a pick away from getting him. We we took uh, honestly, dude. It, it haunts my dreams. And and by the way, going into the draft last year, uh, I was ripping Davis Mills. I was like, this guy fucking sucks. Uh, I I watched him play. I straight up just sat down and watched a couple of his games. Dude's got a clean clean pass. He's good. He's a good player. Kellen Mond, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's touch on fantasy real quick. Um, Why? <laughs> because they actually Brandon have Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks is going to be a really good wide fantasy receiver, player this 18, year. 42 overall. Um, anyone interested there? I think that's pretty good value for him. You're getting a him. Lot. You know, someone has to get yards, right? I had like, Cooks last year. Organization, yeah. They have to get yards. It's only there's only Brandon Cooks. So, like, yeah, he gets, know, he I gets feel a bad lot for the guy, yeah. but. I had Cooks I mean, last year and it was fine. He was wide receiver too. He was averaging in my league between, I mean, twelve and twelve and eighteen points a game. Uh, you yeah. know, he's good for one big catch and a touchdown, and, and sometimes it's all you need. Yeah, he's a I mean, he's a and burner. Then, and then you got Nico Collins, wide receiver, sixty nine, nice, uh, one hundred and eighty overall. So you're getting him pretty damn deep. Um, I mean, I think that's a nice flyer guy. Uh, Marcus likes the guy's talent. I don't. I mean, if you like an Alec Pierce, this is a year two guy, so a little bit more productivity potentially. Hopefully, healthier plus garbage time. Uh, I mean, they got to throw the ball to somebody. So uh, you know, you can't. Not every pass can go to Brandon Cooks. I think that that's a nice little play there. Dude, um, Nico Collins is a, is, is, is a late round tight end flyer. Nico Collins is, is a nice. sneaky pick this year. He he, dude, look where he's being drafted between Jamison Crowder and Kedrick Bourne. Yes, please. At the end of my draft, he's yeah. definitely an upside guy that I'm taking a, a flyer on, 100. percent Absolutely. Certainly, and he's going to be a red zone threat. I mean, the guy's a big target, and you need that type of guy in the end zone. Brandon Cooks yeah. is not that red zone threat. Mills is going to have to put it to somebody, and Nico Collins can do it. He's like a 14th round yeah. pick in most, like 13th, 14th round pick. Like he's not the guy you have to go out and spend a lot of money on. It in a, in a keeper league where you're forfeiting picks in the uh, the following year that you picked them the previous year, he could be one of those guys that emerges, especially if you believe in Davis yeah. Mills. Absolutely. And then I think also potentially interesting here is Damian Pierce, their rookie running back, um, running back 48, 137 overall. So, you know, he's not as late as as Nico Collins, but somebody is going to get plenty of carries in this offense. They, uh, Pep Hamilton likes to run the ball, um, and he's the most talented back in that backfield. All right, let's move it on. Uh, we'll go to the Titans. I'm the only one that took him on the over. Uh, I love you, Davis Mills. I'm going to write you a love letter tonight. <laughs> Um, the Titans, uh, Titans are at sitting at nine wins. Um, the Brandon keeps pounding his fists and saying that nothing's changed about the Titans from last year. Actually, a lot of things have changed about the Titans from last year going into this year. Um, they, and yet at, in terms of coaches in this division, I think they far and away have the best coach in the division. Um, He's a guy that I just keep betting against every single season. And, dude, and Mike Vrabel, who would have thought that he would have been such a great coach in this league? Turned out to be a tremendous hire. Let's talk about him. Newman? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously the big trade, they they trade A.J. Brown to the Eagles. They get they Upgrade. that first-round draft pick, and they, and they draft Traylon Burks, who is a rookie, basically, that can give you uh, – he's very A.J. Brown-like, you know? It's almost like you could have had A.J. Brown. Um, and then they lose, uh, obviously they lose Julio. They bring in Robert Woods. 
They lose Janoris Jackrabbit Jenkins with the hell of the name there. Um, Rayshon Evans and Deontay Foreman, who is really important for this team, uh, especially when uh, Derrick Henry went down. Um, they also bring in Austin Hooper, who I think Brandon's a big fan of. Uh, they draft Nicholas Petit Frere and Malik Willis, potentially the heir apparent to Ryan Tannehill. Why are you um, not Austin Hooper? Ultimately, <laughs> <laughs> ultimately, I think that this team is still pretty weak at, at uh, wide receiver, and their offensive line is young and not necessarily great. So, I mean, I, I think they have as many questions as the um, the Colts do with a worse defense. I just yeah. think Vrabel keeps backing out of his deal with the devil on uh, chopping off his dick for a Super Bowl. I think every time he gets there, he just gets a little cold feet and he backs out. So, but we'll see what has to happen this year. The team definitely has changed big time. Um, when you have Traylon Burks like you're talking about, it, it reminds me of a game show. It's like, hey, we've got a million dollars right here, or you can see what's over in the mystery box. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. I mean, it, it really is a weird situation to me. Uh, I don't think it does Ryan Tannehill any favors with Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, and uh, Nick Westbrook. I'm not going to try to say the last part of that last name. Hold on, hold on, hold on. A.J. Brown's A.J. Brown, but the box could be anything. It could even be A.J. Brown. (laughs) Oh, my God. You never know. And and then you you don't even know if Traylon Burks is going to be that. I mean, talk about it. He's an Avenger. Have you seen this man at Arkansas? Dude is a he's really good. He can't even make it through practice. AJ Brown was a better prospect coming out of coming out of college. Traylon Burks can't even make it through practice. He's already having health issues. Yeah. Just saying. I'm not trashing him. The whole point is the biggest bust position, I think, in the NFL on offense is wide receiver. There's no more guys that keep getting taken in the first and second round and they're complete and utter shit. And you had a guy who was proven. You had somebody with a rapport with Ryan Tannehill. Now he has to do it all over again with a rookie who has to learn the offense, know the routes. Is he going to trust him to be there? And Tannehill is not a super strength arm guy. He's a guy who puts the ball to a spot. And he needs to trust the wide receiver is going to be there. And putting him in a position with these this young crew, uh, it just lets me know that Derrick Henry, God, God willing, I hope he stays healthy, that guy's going to get all the carries this season again. That's all it's going to be. Yeah. I, I'm huge Rabel fan. He nobody deserved that uh, the coach of the year honors than than he did last year. The, for him to do what he did after losing Derrick Henry, who was the who is the centerpiece of that not only just offense but team, um, and go as far as they did, get the number one seed. I know things didn't you know end the way that they had hoped, but Rabel is he hasn't had a losing losing season yet. I would trade Frank Reich and. Paris Campbell for Vrabel in a heartbeat. Uh, You'd have a Super Bowl. You'd have to throw something a little Super stronger than Paris Campbell. <laughs> and he wouldn't have a dick anymore. He probably wouldn't have a dick anymore. But you know what? That's okay. Because uh, I, I really do think Vrabel's that good. He's, he's, you know, he's been through one quarterback controversy. We might be heading into another one with Tannehill and Malik uh, Willis. But he just, he's a good motivator of his guys. He's probably, I mean, I don't, he's not necessarily a Belichick disciple, even though he did play for Belichick. Um, but he's head and shoulders above everybody else in this division. Um, but the, the main thing is going to be keeping Derrick Henry upright. Um, they did have some success. Deontay Foreman filled in really nicely last year uh, in certain games and, and kind of helped the run game keep going. But, um, but yeah, it is a fresh start. Honestly, if anybody could get them through it, it is a guy like Mike Frabel. 
And I think that hurts more than anything. When you talk about Foreman, I mean, that was the top talent coming out of college, out of Texas. I mean, he was big time, and then he had injury struggles, and he was coming onto his own last year. That's why you saw him got signed and taken away from Tennessee. So yeah. if, if Henry goes down, they're going to be in big trouble. Tannehill relies on the play action. He relies on that delay and drawing the linebackers close to the line. And if that's gone, it, it's going to be rough. And like you said, that's why Vrabel deserved all coaching honors there to take that team where he did without Henry for those weeks, it was just damn impressive. And, and the guy is something to talk yeah. about. Because and, and ahead above any Belichick disciple, when you look at the coaches that he's had go on to other teams, they've been dog shit. <laughs> Vrabel's a guy who's actually succeeding. Yeah. No, it's been uh, it's been fun to watch. Yep. No, so Austin Hooper, uh, I think, is, is going to be able to pr- be a very nice safety outlet for Ryan Tannehill. Robert Woods is likely to play week one. I don't need to talk anymore about Traylon Burtz. I think he literally could be uh, in a Marvel movie. Um, that's that's how absolutely jacked and just an absolute stud that guy is. And you guys were all over Nico Collins from Michigan, who you should have been talking about, his Hassan Haskins from Michigan. They drafted him in the fourth round. He's going to be RB2 behind uh, behind Derrick Henry, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if he um, you know, got more carries than people think he got. He's a great handcuff guy. Um, if you if you have Henry, you need to go out and get Hassan Haskins um, in the in the early teens um, as a backup. Um, I mean, it's like people are forgetting what that defense did to Joe Burrow. Um, literally, almost broke him. Um, this defense is still really good. Again, we don't need to talk about Vrabel anymore. Um, their offensive line is 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 pretty dang solid. Um, I mean, I just don't no, see any weaknesses with no, that team. Not. I think I think I think this team again is pretty average, which is you know I'll just go ahead and get it done. I think they'll go nine and eight and win the division. Brandon, who um, who, who on this offensive line do you like besides Taylor Juan? Just curious. Yeah, because I, I think it's it's, it's pretty bad. bad other than Taylor Juan, to be honest. Like they and they, and they lost some pieces yeah. on the offensive line. It's one it's one of the biggest. I like the right side. I mean, again, I don't I, I don't I don't know who the hell Ben Jones is or Aaron Brewer, but. Uh, the, but Nate Davis and, and Raddon's their their draft pedigree at least they're their second and third round picks, um, and and Rad you know uh, the right tackles is second year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're in their second and third player. year. Their second and third year. So I mean, well, actually Davis is going into his fourth year. So I mean, there's there's some pedigree on that line. That doesn't mean that they're good. So per DVOA <laughs> last season, I'm just gonna give you the facts head to head. Right, Titans versus Colts. Last season, offensive DVOA, Colts 13, Titans 20, defensive DVOA, Colts 8, Titans 12, offensive line, Colts 7, Titans 16, special teams, Colts 14, Titans 23, overall defense, uh, overall DVOA, Colts 11th, the Titans 20th. One of these teams got lucky last year, the other team didn't. That's what I see. Yep. I mean, straight, this team straight didn't up. have Derrick Henry for how long? So throw away all of those stats. Yeah, but here, here, throw away here, their offensive here, line stats. Here, throw here, away their offensive here, stats. They here, didn't have their best freaking player, Newman. He, you can tell me about the special teams and defensive rankings. Sure. Guess who their coach is? Fucking Vrabel. He's going to make up for whatever defensive rankings they don't have. He's going to put them in position to win in a game plan and in a matchup. Here's your so, here's your problem with your Der- here's your problem with your Derrick Henry assessment is this guy is a, a truly a one trick pony and a liability. They have to straight up build their entire game plan around a guy that can't even catch footballs. 
When Derrick Henry's in the backfield, do you want to know what de- what the defense does? The second that guy runs past the line of scrimmage or, or makes any type of movement towards a route, nobody touches him because the guy can't catch a football. I, if anything, I think their offense may have opened up and got a little bit more versatile. I'm the Derrick Henry owner and, and keeper. I'm the guy that's been riding this guy. I think he's a beautiful player to watch, and I love watching him. He's a fucking liability. And when the Titans are losing, guess what the first thing they do is? They take their quote-unquote best player out of the game. If he is actually their best player, there's no way they remove him when they're losing from losing games, and they absolutely do. I My problem with Derrick Henry is not only is he an aging asset and a guy that's taken a lot of damage, not only on the college level, but in the NFL, but he is a guy that I think that they've found a genius way to build around. I still think he is an insanely flawed player. And much like Adrian Peterson, I don't even think he's nearly the player that Adrian Peterson ever was. He makes their offense one-dimensional in the fact that he can't catch balls. Yeah. Also, their schedule is significantly harder than the Colts. They have the 12th hardest schedule per Warren Sharp. Their extra game is the Packers, which is very losable for them. Um, so, I mean, I just I think that this is the year that they regress a little bit. They've outplayed their record and their, what they should be every single year. The last few years, regress. I think they all because they have because they had Mike Vrabel. But I think this is the year that the Colts take a step forward and and pass by them. Ryan Tannehill uh, Vegas sucks. has some. Vegas <laughs> has them at nine. I think that I think that they have a, they still have a chance to get the over. Um, I lean more towards the push. Um, but uh, push comes to uh, I would take the over and give them the 10 wins, but I still think that they come up short and finish behind the Colts in the division. Dude, this November stretch is insane. Kansas City at Kansas City, Denver at home, in Green Bay, Cincinnati, and then you're going in Philadelphia with the Eagles. Say what you will about that, but those other games right there, Kansas City, Denver, Green Bay, and Cincy, holy shit, man. I mean, this this skit, that could be a skid big time. Well, we know they're going to be Buffalo because they do every year. <laughs> Wait, what's that? That's, Buffalo? Yeah, that's week two, Monday night, I think. Yep, yeah, week, they, week they, two. I'm talking about the stretch of the season where we're doing playoff push. That Those game, those four games are insane. Mike, Ray, in Mike Rabel fucking owns Buffalo. It's crazy. He absolutely just owns that <laughs> franchise. I love it. I love every bit of it. Living in Buffalo, I love to see Buffalo get owned. So, yep. yeah. Now you know why I like get seeing. I know. I understand. I completely understand. But it's just in your face, just shoved in your face all the time. You can't take it anymore. I get it. Oh yeah. And Buffalo fans understand. are way more aggressive than Colts fans. <laughs> way more. Oh my god. <laughs> Night and day difference between going to Lucas Oil and going to whatever the heck the Bill Stadium is called this year. Oh my god, they're terrible. Terrible. The amount of broken, <laughs> broken like pelvises <laughs> yeah. jumping off. There's, there's going just, to Lucas guy. Oil is like going to one of those really nice movie theaters. Yes. Like it's just so nice, and you know you're paying for luxury, but you know it's just going to be a nice, you know, chill viewing experience. Yeah, it's nice. And 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 the cheerleaders are just so friendly. That last year I went for the Christmas uh, the Christmas time game against the Patriots, and they were giving out Santa hats. It was wonderful. All right, there's a dude at the Bills games. He called himself Pinto Ron. I, he just stands there and just everybody just squirts him with ketchup and mustard. I'm like, what? 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 What is this shit? You, you got to go to the game like that. Like, what is wrong with you? You were on the TV. You were on TV a bunch last year, weren't you? I was sitting up front, right in front of the replay booth, and we were actually sitting next to uh, T.Y. Hilton's agent, which was pretty cool. Right, right in front of the bench, and actually, uh, it was really cool. Gary Brackett was sitting two rows uh, behind us. Oh, nice baller. So it was nice. I, I, I can't not sit front row anymore. I, I ruined it for myself. All right, guys. So this who, year we're sitting front row again. Let's just do consensus. Who's taking the over? 
I am. I'm actually. I, I am. I'm taking the over what, what, two. What was the number again? I apologize. Nine. 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 Ooh. I think they win exactly ten games. I, th- I think them and the Colts uh, inevitably tie, and I think the Colts will win the tiebreaker. I'll give them ten. I'll give them ten. I'm gonna take them at nine. You yelled at Drew for doing that. You gotta. You gotta <laughs> pick. You can't yell at Drew for it and then just do the same thing. No, no. I was just waiting to get Raz. Come on, where were you at? <laughs> no, honestly, looking at the schedule and, and the strength of schedule and that skid, like I'm talking about in November, I think I'll take the under, man. I think they, I think they go under. They take a major regress, and the Colts claim the crown. Let me guys ask you a question because obviously one of their one of their interesting picks was Malik Willis. Um, I truly think that Ryan Tannehill has already started the skid. Um, I think a lot of Ryan Tannehill's success can be. Tied to, uh, why am I spacing on his name? The, the Falcons uh, coach, uh, Arthur Smith. Oh, Arthur Smith, yeah. I think Arthur, Arthur Smith, Smith just, just found a brilliant way to use Tannehill, and I just don't think they have that anymore. Um, any chance that we see a little Malik this year after after Tannehill inevitably just continues to slide? Now Malik sucks. I think there's definitely a chance. <laughs> if, if they, if they lose a few games that they're not supposed to – if they lose a few games early that they're not supposed to lose – uh, because Tannehill throws three interceptions like he did against the Bengals or something. Um, I could totally see Malik getting in there. If he looks good, maybe they're like, all right, let's see what the rookie's got next week kind of thing. Mal- Malik's um, got to look great. He's got to look great, man. I mean, Tannehill, yeah, he, he is what he is, but at least you know what you're going to get. Last year, 67% passing completion, 3,700 yards, uh, average seven yards there, 21 touchdowns. 3,700 yards? That's fucking awful, dude. <laughs> and, and a run-heavy offense like that with Henry, it's actually not bad at all. And you think Malik yeah, Willis many, is throwing? How many of those you are think Malik, yards, Do you think Malik Willis is doing 67% completion? I don't think so, bro. Maybe no, like 52. I, I'm talking about if the, the way that Malik Willis gets in is if this team is like, okay, we got to move on from Ryan Tannehill. We might, we might have a losing record this year. Let's see what the rookie's got. But do you see that in the first part of the season? Because I don't. New York, Buffalo, Vegas, Indy, Washington, Indy again at home, Houston. That first eight weeks is no problem, Bob. You're going to see Ryan Tannehill through that point. That November is where, if Malik is showing something at all, God knows, the only thing you're probably going to see him on is goal line touchdowns, like going in for that point or doing some type of Wildcat-style offense. But November is that possible skid, like I said. Kansas City, Denver, Green Bay, and Cincinnati. That may be some point if Malik even looks good. But if not, they're riding Tannehill all the way, dude. They're not backing down from that for Malik. But if they lose early, if they lose some games they shouldn't early, which is is what I said, if they lose some of those games already early, that's when you insert Malik if you have that stretch coming. Which ones do you think? I'm not. I'm not going to pick the games that they're going to lose. I'm saying if they lose some games, they shouldn't. All right, let's move on. It's a terrible conversation. All right, so uh, <laughs> let's move on to fantasy because here's where things get really get interesting for me. Uh, like I said, I, I've been riding the Derrick Henry train for years. Uh, this is the year I get off. Um, and when I say get off, I'm just proceeding with great caution with Derrick Henry, um, especially in PPR leagues, which is the only league you should be playing. And if you're a grown adult, um, yes. In, in, in PPR leagues. Here's where I have Henry in. This this might blow your fucking mind. These are the guys I'm taking ahead of Henry this year. Jonathan Taylor, 100%. Austin Eckler, 100%. Dalvin Cook, 100%. I'm even taking Najee Harris over. And then, oh. and then here's, here's where things get really, really, really stressful for me. 
because there's two guys that are that are conceivably now Christian McCaffrey. You guys know how I feel about Christian McCaffrey. I'm, I'm dropping him for my draft board because somebody else likes him more than I do. Um, yeah. Joe Mixon is next, and DeAndre Swift. Now, am I taking Joe Mixon or DeAndre Swift over Henry? No, just because I have to assume that Henry is going to going to at least be you know even if he's 60 percent of what he was last year and stays healthy he's going to be a freak but i'm just telling you i'm a little bit nervous uh i do think derrick henry takes a huge step back this year even healthy yeah i'm in agreement with that yeah it's always so nervous running back coming back from any kind of lower leg injury and obviously this was a foot injury i think some screws were placed in how do you trust that uh, going into, uh, again, another season where he is the focal point? He is going to be relied heavily upon. Not too many guys come back as, you know, like uh, Adrian Peterson did from his ACL injury or ACL or Achilles injury. So, you know, several years ago, he came back and did pretty well. I know Derrick Henry's a different kind of beast, but it's uh, the workloads. I, I feel it's just it's, it's too much to, to put well, faith in. If, hey. if, if you look at what dropped off last year in his stats, dude. He, did he finish with almost a thousand yards in only eight games? Yes, but if you look at his volume, it is unprecedented. It doesn't even make sense. And he only yeah. had four point three yards a carry. If you look at his previous two yard two years, five point four the previous year, five point one the previous year before that. Once that yards per carry starts to fall off, and it happens with a lot of players, I immediately start to wonder. And his offensive line only gets worse this year. I'm telling worse, you, worse and oh, yeah, much, much. They played worse. some good defenses last year too. Yep. I mean, I, I Jesus Chandler. I mean, don't forget like Chandler Jones week one getting Tannehill five times. The Jets shut like shut down Derrick Henry completely. He was under, I think he might have been 60, 70 yards in that in that kind of range. And people are just figuring out how to stop him somehow. It's he's becoming he's going to get the volume, but he's not not as efficient, not as effective. He worries me. I think a lot of people are going to be taking him number one overall this year because of the guy he is. Yeah. And I just think you're, a lot of people are going to get burned by Derrick Henry, including probably me. Yeah, the knee injury is one thing, but feet scare me, man. The tire, like that's what the car is running on. When you have a foot injury like that and you start having to put screws into bones down there, into metatarsals in different areas on a guy that big, he's not a small dude. This isn't a scat back or some guy coming out of the backfield. This guy has high stress major on that foot area he's working on that all the time he's dragging two to three defenders and wear and tear catches up father time is undefeated and especially for running backs in the nfl and i agree with you drew i'm nervous for him just from the workload and it might be that time where unfortunately the straw that broke the camel's back happens to derrick henry yep i agree all right, uh, so from, from a wide receiver perspective, uh, Trillon Burks is obviously the, 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 the big question mark, but Bobby Trees, Bobby Trees, baby. I mean, they, they get Robert Woods. So, I mean, Robert Woods is a really dependable guy. The problem yeah. is Ryan Tannehill is going to be throwing him the rock this year, um, and that really worries me. Uh, I'm keep saying this. Who would you rather have under center, Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill? Uh, neither. Matt Ryan. <laughs> you have to choose. I, you have I, to choose. I, I Matt take, Ryan. I take Matt Ryan. No, because no. Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback. I mean, like, it's very close. It's close, but but, but, but I, I would take Tannehill over. But Matt Ryan's uh, already always already proven he can he can thrive in a pass for his offense. Ryan Tannehill can only play in a play action run for his offense. It's it's just he's shown that. Which is what he's in. I know, but. So why does it mat? Why does that point matter? Because we just talked about the regression of their best piece on on, on the running game. 
It doesn't change the scheme. I mean, it absolutely it does. And it doesn't change your scheme if the, if the running back's production drops off yeah. dramatically. Come on now. You can change the scheme with Matt Ryan. That's the point. You don't have to run the play action the whole time. Matt Ryan adds a different wrinkle that Ryan Tannehill can't do. I'm not he telling you I think Matt Ryan's that much better. He's like, eh, a little bit better. But yeah, just a little bit. But that's yeah. the real wrinkle, though. That's an offense that Matt Ryan can run and command, whether you wanted to do a no huddle or anything like that. Ryan Tannehill's not the same guy when it comes to that. I'm just telling you, I think Ryan Tannehill really, really sucks. I really do. I, 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 I really Let's all agree they both suck. Yeah. But anyway, sign me up for some Robert Woods going, you know, 42, wide receiver 42, 100 overall. I'll take that. I think yeah. that he's a he's a nice little dependable number three wide receiver, and that's a good range to get that. I mean, Great if Bobby value. Trees is putting up numbers with, with Goff, then he's probably going to put up numbers with Dan Hill. Right. That's a great value uh, And then, sure. I mean, behind him, Traylon Burks is uh, wide receiver uh, 45, pick 107. So, I mean, that's fine. Uh, it's an upside shot. But there's a bunch of other wide receivers in that range. I'd rather wait a little bit if I can, um, because I think some of the other guys have a little bit more um, more prospect and better value. Because uh, there's no reason to go early on that. Um, but yeah. hey, Drew, you know we were talking about Devonta Smith earlier, um, and how I fell in love with him and reached for him. I'm going to do the, the same thing for Traylon Burks. Good, because he's going to be awful. <laughs> I'll we'll be surprised if he has 800 Hopefully. yards receiving this year, straight up. So, so everyone needs to sell any shares of Traylon Burks that you had because yeah, you're talking about a Marvel character. He's only six two. When you're talking about Marvel character, when I when I went to his profile, I'm expecting, oh man, this guy must be taller than I think he is. Nope, he's exactly as tall as I think he is. He's like six two. And Brandon's and, our canary in the coal mine, man. Just whatever he says, just he the opposite. It's time to freak is. out. <laughs> and the fact that he he was when they drafted him, he was like, damn. I'll never forget that, man. It's like, remember he's sitting on his phone and someone whispers in his ear and he just goes, damn. Damn, damn, bro. <laughs> uh, anything else about this <laughs> offense or or, or uh, fantasy-wise you want to talk about the Titans? Fantasy? Mm. No, thanks. All right. Nothing else sticks out. The only thing cool about the Titans is Taylor LeJuan, uh smashing beers and just being a maniac. That's about the only thing dope about the Titans other on their offense. Oh, you're talking about Juan? Dude, Juan's a freak, but the, the, yeah. rest, of the, the rest of their offense or the rest of their uh, offensive line is really bad this year, and, and that is should be very concerning yeah. for a run-first team. It should be very concerning. Their Any, defense absolutely. should be able to pull through through for them. There's nothing on fantasy, like, obviously, with the defense, but that team, they got some good safeties. De- de- what? Go ahead. Their front seven Their front seven's pretty solid, but I, I their corners scare me. Yeah, and I think Kevin Bayard and Amani Hooker actually help that secondary just with with an inexperienced secondary. If you've got those safeties over the top, I think you're all right there. And and with uh, Vrabel, I think you can bring in that scheme for sure. But other than fantasy, I, I don't see anything else on this team. Austin Hooper, I think that's a dog. He's, he ain't going to do shit. I know you're high on him, Brandon, but I, I don't think he's got anything there in that offense, and it's going to be rough for Tannehill this year. All right, any other closing thoughts on this division? None on this division. I do want to say, uh, you know, rest in peace to Bill Russell and Vince Gully. We lose two legends within the last couple of days. Bill Russell's the greatest winner probably of all time in any team sport. 11 championships. 11 championships. Yeah. Uh, and then Vince Gully, just any, but was there anybody more poetic than Vince Gully when he's, when he, you know, broadcasting a game? 
Um, He's the he, greatest play-by-play announcer, greatest uh, sports commentator in history, and I actually don't even think it's even slightly close. This guy, this guy it, it, was commentating all the way back. About when they were the, when his they, relationship with Jackie Robinson, man. Yeah, he, he was commentating he all the way that. back, and and I was just listening to NPR today. Uh, they did some of his best calls ever. Um, he did call the game where um, uh, uh, what's his name? Hank, Hank? No, where Hank Aaron yeah. broke. Uh, uh, the, Babe, the home run record. No, he broke. Yeah, he broke Babe Ruth's record. Um, and if if a lot of people don't know this, uh, Hank Aaron just being black in the seventies was getting heat from the entire world at this time. A bunch of racists that didn't want them to break uh, this white guy's record. Uh, and you should have heard Vince Scully's call on it. He's just like, this is a great moment for the entire United States. Uh, this is a great moment for the South. And, and it was just, it was beautiful. I teared up a little bit listening to it. He, he truly is yeah. one of the goats. I mean, no, he is the and he, goat. And he, also, he is the goat. He is the goat. And he also called the catch, uh, Joe Montana to Dwight Clark, which is epic. Um, so go listen to some Vin Scully uh, calls if you get a chance. It's amazing. And even, even at the age of 90, he was still insane. Uh, I was living out in California. Um, actually, he was about 88 when I was when I was living out in California. And like, like if, if you guys want to know why I moved out to California and started wearing Dodgers hats, it's because of Vin Scully. I, I would straight up put him on while I was working and just listen to his calls of the game. It's just, it was beautiful. The dude just kind of so rambles epic. at the age of 89, but he's just... He was such a fucking machine. The dude, I mean, the dude's been doing it since the fifties. It's incredible. Dude was awesome, but Bill Russell was a hero of mine. I was a big basketball player. I know, I know, Brandon's a big basketball player as well. Bill Russell was unbelievable. Another thing about him, man, he was the first African American to be a head coach of a major sports league team um, back in the Celtics in 1966. Man, uh, the guy did not only just was a great basketball player, but he transcended from that sport as a human being, as a person, uh, and he just paved the way for African Americans going forward. And definitely a hero of mine. I've got his jersey in my closet and wore it the day of the news, and uh, just an unbelievable human being. Matt, any closing yeah, thoughts? Yeah, peace little legends. Yes, absolutely. What's that, Drew? Sorry. Any closing thoughts? It, it can be anything. We this is, this is your time to just spew whatever. All right. Well, first and foremost, guys, it was an absolute pleasure to be back on the show. Uh, always a good time popping on, going on another podcast uh, and chat everybody. If you want to hear more of me and my cast of goons, uh, I am the host again of the Two Point Conversation. In season right now, we are going seven days a week with podcasts. It's insane. We just started a college uh, football episode for Sundays, uh, Saturdays, fantasy. Every day of the week is something a little bit different, but there is something for everybody. Um, pop on by uh, BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And, uh, of course, I'd love to have all you guys on at some point for a discussion episode or whatever it may be. I know Drew's been on a few times, and uh, but we're, we, we want to talk with everybody. So... Um, you know you want me on next, Matt. I mean, I, I know do. it's a pleasure. You are, you are a joy, absolute joy. I got to take you up. I'm coming to Indy uh, day after Christmas for the Chargers Monday Night Football game. I got to take you up on your uh, on that dinner offer. We'll give you Kilroy's? Absolutely. Oh, I love yeah. that place. Uh, I, have, I have a one-year-old now, so I don't live there as much as I, I used to. But I, um, but, uh, I can make an exception. Dude, what what are sure. those right. cheesy rolls at Kilroy's? What are those, what are those things? Yeah, oh it's, God, it's basically dude. like a calzone breadstick. It's fantastic. yeah, Matt, Matt. I used to live a freaking two blocks away from that place, and it was it oh, was dangerous, so man. It was dangerous. I, I, their wings are compared. Everybody here in Buffalo is like 
wing snobs. Oh, duh, nobody's wings are better than ours. These wings in, at Kilroy's were very, very comparable, if not better in some instances than some of the wings available. Uh, I didn't even think they had the best wings on the street, but everything else at Kilroy's is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good, sucker. <laughs> good luck remembering that dinner hanging out with Doobie over there. <laughs> I look forward to it. All right, fellas, uh, my final thoughts are yes, Matt, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, Matt's one of the one of the bizarrely nice guys in the industry, and thank you for joining this group of assholes. Every Absolute time. pleasure, Matt. Thanks, buddy. All oh, right, guys, have a pleasure. great night. The Sports Cap Radio. Good night. See you.